This is ACB Media, the broadcast home of the 2022 ACB Conference and Convention. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Ann Brash. And on behalf of the ACB women, I'd like to welcome you all to the third virtual Sister Power Happy Hour. Now, we really did think about making this a hybrid event, but some of us couldn't make it to the convention in person, and others of us just couldn't figure out how we would eat and drink and speak all at the same time. But maybe next year, because next year our convention is in my neck of the woods in Schaumburg, Illinois, outside of Chicago. Maybe we'll try it again. In the meantime, let me introduce the rest of the committee. Our co-chairs are Linda Perrell and Lori Sharp, and our members are Cheryl Cummings, Danette Dixon, Kathy Farina, Donna Pomerantz, Rachel Schroeder, Leslie Spoon, and Linda Yaks. Our board liaison is Katie Frederick, and staff liaison is Kelly Gask. We hope you've already enjoyed Leslie Spoon's classes in yoga lattes and cardio exercise. And we hope that you will join us at 2.30 on Tuesday, July 5th for our two sessions co-sponsored with AAVL on downsizing and choosing where to live as we age. So let me just explain a little bit about how things are going to go today. We have two great speakers, two great speakers, each of whom will speak about 25 minutes to half an hour or 20 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever they decide to do. Get your favorite beverage or snack, and I will introduce the first speaker. Belinda Collins is from St. Paul's, North Carolina. Advocacy and assistive technology are her biggest passions. While attending the University of North Carolina, she advocated, along with her blind peers, for necessary accommodations in the university system. Recently, she fulfilled a dream of becoming an assistive technology instructor. Last year, she began attending the ACB community calls and soon became a regular host. Her inquiry about volunteering to assist with some of the responsibilities of managing community events resulted in an internship with Cindy Hollis, ACB's manager of membership engagement. She is a member of the Blind Information Technology Specialists and the North Carolina Council of the Blind. She serves in various capacities within ACB, including the Multicultural Affairs, Membership, and Burl Coley Leadership Committees. Belinda, you're on. Thank you so much, Anne, and uh, thank you to the ACB Women's Committee and to ACB at large for this opportunity to speak to you all this afternoon. My name is Belinda Collins, as Anne said, and it, it is a just a pleasure and honor to speak and share my story with you all. I'll speak about 20 minutes or so, briefly give you a sort of an outline of my life and how different roller coaster of events have shaped my life over the years and different uh, changes that have impacted me. 
if I were to title this, I, I would actually call it loss does not have to mean lost. Loss does not have to mean lost. What I mean by that is my early years, I grew up in rural North Carolina, southeastern North Carolina, um, a little town called Lumberton. And uh, some of you may have heard of it. It's a little uh, south of Fort Bragg. And I grew up in the early 80s where a kid who was born with congenital glaucoma or any kid who was born with blindness was going to have to face a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges within uh, their elementary years and even just in public as a whole. And from the very beginning, my parents, who I thank God for every day, were passionate about getting me the education that I needed. They were passionate about me learning just like sighted, my sighted peers. And I, they fought for me to remain in public school with my sighted peers. And it took a lot of hard work for them to have meetings with teachers and members of the board of uh, education, but it was finally done. And I started my elementary years and uh, did a lot of things alongside my peers. Had uh, I was taught Braille at an early age. Uh, at the age of 10, I, I still had some usable vision at that time, but and I used uh, large print for quite a while, but then my vision began to uh, decrease because of multiple surgeries that I had over the years. And so by the age of 10, it was decided that I would learn Braille. Um, I did that fairly quickly because I was a stubborn kid who loved to read and I didn't want anyone else to read for me. I wanted to do it all on my own. So I learned Braille probably within three to six months. Um, and going into my middle school and high school years, I faced a few challenges, but not very many. I had many close friends who stuck by me and were willing to assist me if needed. Um, I did most activities that kids do. Um, I went to prom. I went I, in high school. I was in the beta club, um, national honor society, and just a variety of different activities that I participated in after school. Also, during my high school years, I began to realize that I loved started to really like technology. I was introduced to the old Apple computer in elementary school, but I didn't really, you know, you're a kid, you don't pay much attention. It's, it's school, you're required to do it. But once I was in high school, I was introduced to um, JAWS. I was introduced to Windows 95, and that is where my world began to open up. And... Once I graduated high school, 
um, I vowed that I was going to pursue that in college. I wanted to pursue. I wasn't sure at that, that time there wasn't. I didn't know about assistive technology. I just knew that I like to push buttons. I like to <laughs> make things work. And so I wanted to pursue some sort of degree in technology. And so I graduated from high school in the top 10% of my class. There was a graduating class of 319 and um, went off to my first uh, first adventure in college. Um, it took me about six years to realize college was not for me. Uh, so I went off to my first adventure at the university, or excuse me, Gardner-Webb University, which is located in Western North Carolina. I was there for about, oh, two years. And, no, I'm sorry, a year and a half. And was, it was four and a half hours away from home, and they didn't have my local friends. So eventually I transferred back home to my uh, local community college. And that's where I started taking my general classes. And at the time, I didn't realize that, you know, maybe that's where I was needed at that time because um, I started classes in 1999. And early February of 2000, um, my father died in an auto accident, a sudden accident. And those who know me well know that my father was the best thing in my life, uh, was my best friend. I, he taught me about sports as a kid. I was a girl who loved baseball, football, basketball. I loved it all because of him. We spent many hours on the road doing things together. So uh, when I was at the local, local community college, that's when he passed away. and. That was probably the first very defining moment of my life that, you know, I thought, what am I going to do now? And at that time, I was heartbroken. I didn't know where to go, what to do. My grades started plummeting. Um, I couldn't reach out to anyone or talk to anyone. So I decided the best thing to do was run away at the time. I ran away. Um, I decided to leave community college and go to University of North Carolina at Charlotte. I left my family behind and went there for two years. And while I was there, that is where I discovered the whole meaning of assistive technology. I, there were other students on campus that were blind and visually impaired. and a lot of them were not, they did, someone would give them a computer. They had no idea how to use it, but I loved it. And so there were many nights I would sit in a computer lab or in a friend's room and just show them how to install JAWS on their computer, how to navigate the menu system, how to do all those things. And that's where my love of assistive technology truly began. And but I didn't major in I didn't major in any sort of IT or computer science, any of that. I decided to major in English because that was my 
second love. I loved English, and I just felt like at the time, computer science or IT was something that would be a struggle for someone who's visually impaired. I did not advocate as I, as I should have, but during that time also is where I realized I could not run from my my losses. I began to seek counseling. I got counseling for, you know, just to deal with the passing of my father. That helped me to move on. And I fast forward, I um, started working at a camp for blind and visually impaired adults during the summer. And that's where I met the love of my life. Met him. Ironically enough, we lived 10 minutes apart, we never met until that we, I worked at the camp. And we met there. And long story short, I left college. I figured at that time it wasn't for me. So I left college, came home, and spent the next 12 years with this amazing man, this person who truly became a best friend to me. And taught me patience and taught me a lot of other things that I didn't realize that I was neglecting in my life. And so I gave up all the dreams of teaching or learning to teach others how to use assistive technology. And I gave up that degree because of this individual. And to this day, I am grateful that I did it. He actually had some sight, but then he eventually it was told to him he had a tumor that he eventually had to have surgery. And once he had surgery, he lost his remaining vision. And I watched this individual go from living life to the fullest to not wanting to fight for life as a blind person. And I tried to help the best that I could. I did everything, and there were days, there were months where he did great. And then later on in life, he, uh, a few years down the road, he just, you could just see the decline. He just, it, it just kept getting worse. He had other health conditions that um, played a big role. And in 2014, it was very clear that there was nothing else I could do for this individual anymore, for the man that I love anymore. And it was decided by his doctors that he needed to be in a skilled nursing home facility where he could get the help that he needed. And at the age of 36, I had to tell this individual that that's where he needed to be. And that was the toughest thing I've ever done in my life besides losing my father. And sorry, I get emotional, but I knew that was the best thing for him. And we made the decision. He went to where a facility where he could get help. And ultimately, due to many health complications, he passed away in 2016. And after that, I was at a crossroad. And that crossroad was, what do I do now? I gave up so many years to be with someone I love. 
What do I do now? Do I go back to college? Do I try to find work? Well, I didn't have any experience. No one would hire me. So what do I do? So I tried to consider the option of going back to college, and I just wasn't ready. I didn't want to commit to that. Um, There's a local uh, organization here. Uh, They do, it's called the Mini Center for the Blind here in our local area. And they teach independent living skills, technology skills. And uh, I was asked to join the team and volunteer to help teach others how to use their assistive technology in 2018. And I realized then okay, this may be the path that I need to go down. And I did, I started that and I did it for two years. And I watched several people learn to use assistive technology that they were not aware was available to them and to to see them open up a world that could change their lives. it, It was just a blessing to see that. So I knew I was going down the right path. Eventually, in 2020, got an opportunity to um, apply for an assistive technology program at World Services for the Blind in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, They had an on-campus program and an online program. I chose the online program uh, mainly because of the cost. It was a lot cheaper to do that. So um, I had to fight in order to get uh, that to get enrolled into the program. They wanted me to be there, but our state services were really, we, we just had a lot of red tape to go through. And finally I succeeded in getting them to realize, Hey, this is what I want. This is my passion. I want to learn more about assistive technology so I can help others. So I enrolled, I got in in May of 2020. It was a nine-month program that was very grueling. Uh, Not only did we do our academic assignments, we also had to work one-on-one with clients every week. And at that point, I, um, I did that for nine months, graduated in January of 2021, the next thing I do, I'm like at another crossroads. Where do I go? I had gotten involved with ACB community through hosting and through other doing uh, some of the community calls. Decided I wanted to do more, so I decided to help. Uh, or uh, I asked uh, Cindy Hollis if I if there was anything else that I could do to assist, and became the intern for about three months. That opened up a lot of doors for me. And over the last year, I have seen so many things happen, so many positive changes in my life um, because of that opportunity and also because of my certification that I received from World Services for the Blind. Um, Last but not least, I am now currently working with Cheryl Cummings through her nonprofit, Our Space, Our Place, 
to assist others with technology questions or if they if we can provide solutions for them and all of this has come because of just that crossroads that happened um those losses in my life when i get the get to the crossroads i didn't know what to do i would just take that chance and i didn't get the degree that i wanted but i got the certification and i got an opportunity to touch lives of other people so the last thing i will say is for me the three things that have shaped me over the years throughout all the significant losses the three things that have shaped me have been my faith my friends and forgiveness because i've had to forgive myself when these challenges would happen when during these losses cuz there were times i felt like i can't go on or i haven't done enough and so continuing continuing to forgive myself and having my faith and having my friends has gotten me to where i am today and i owe a lot i i owe a huge thanks to a couple of mentors for their support in the last couple of years cindy hollis thank you so much and sheila young i can't forget her either and i've met many friends here and i see them in this audience and it warms my heart and i just really appreciate you all thank you thank you so much belinda i i if we were in person i think people would be applauding but since we're virtual i think everybody's giving you a virtual hug right now thank you so much and for having the courage to share your story because i'm sure it will help a lot of people to to know um that you were able to get through this and take the right path on these crossroads thank you so much thank you our next speaker and then we'll have questions and so just write down your questions because i'm sure there's going to be a lot of them but our next speaker is audrey shading and she's been an active member of acb for the past 30 years she serves on two new york state affiliate boards and is president of the braille revival league of new york she's worked as a teacher of blind children and adults teaching braille, adaptive technology and English as a second language. And she's now teaching part-time for the Lighthouse Guild and the New York State Commission for the Blind. She has two grown children, six grandchildren and five main passions: braille, guide dogs, exercise, cooking and supporting other blind and visually impaired parents. So here she is. Audrey Shading. Thank you very much Anne and Belinda I'm so very touched by all of what you said and we certainly you hugs if we were all together. Um thank you. I'd like to start with a story uh which happened yesterday when I was with my daughter Heidi and she shared something at the breakfast table. She said, "Mom, maybe I get these things from about blind uh she gets all the stuff on Instagram about a blind person and it it could be because her my 11-year-old granddaughter has been uh involved with um Molly Burke who is a blind now she's grown up but she was a blind teen and Molly is responsible for getting tactile um labels on herbal essence products so in this in this Instagram video that um Heidi 
told me about, there's a little girl and she's blind and she's 15 months old in her high chair. So we can picture this, especially all of us who've, who've raised kids and been around little, little tiny ones. So here's a little blind girl who likes pickles. And that's what it says that she, she just adores pickles. So she's 15 months old and on her high chair is a piece of ham, a piece of pita, um, a piece of fruit and pickles. And so she just carefully, gingerly picks up everything before she eats it, puts everything down until she touches the pickle. And the aha moment is, yeah, this is what I want to eat. And so she does. And it was just, you know, again, when, when people see things, it's, it, it's a lot different than when we tell them, but it, it really was very sweet. And I thought of the tactile uh, ability of this little toddler and how won't it be great in uh, a few years or not even a few years if she starts to really uh, get her pre-Braille skills ready and starts to learn and with the joy of the reading that she's going to be able to be doing. Um, we know that we have to work really, really hard today to advocate for Braille, not only for uh, adults, newly blind adults who are told they can't learn it for all kinds of reasons, but for our kids who are also not being encouraged to learn. And for this little girl, I keep thinking of her and just hope that because of our uh, ACB's advocacy and other advocacy going on, that she is going to have the chance to really learn to read. Um, I just love that story. I'm thinking of my first reading experience, and I uh, grew up in, uh, went to public school. And but was in a, a special class for for blind kids, and there were three first graders and four second graders, and I can still see myself sitting at the desk and um, with our pegboards, and we're learning how to put the uh, pegs in the braille, you know, in the little slots to make the braille cells. And all of us are dropping the pegs on the floor and getting our teacher crazy. And she, we kept saying more pegs, more pegs, and you know. She had this little magnetic big stick with the magnet on the bottom, and she'd be going around picking up the pegs and giving them back to us. Um, but across from me were three, were four second graders, and they were reading the first day. And my mind was like, how is this happening? I didn't know how words were formed. I was just starting to put A and Bs, you know, make uh, pegs of As and Bs. And I said, how is this happening? What's going on? And it just seemed like such a magical wonder out of my reach. And when the light went on and I started to learn to read, the, the just magic of it is just so amazing. And I, I'm just grateful for my education. And uh, we went through the public school uh, with totally blind kids uh, up until third grade. And then we went and we were mainstreamed, not completely, but we were mainstreamed with partially sighted kids. And so we did that through sixth grade and we got our typing and our brain, you know, we, all the, the math and all that, but we made sure we could all type. And by the time we hit, were in junior high, we were mainstreamed in a, in a different school and we still had English and math separately with the, the partially studied and, and totally blind kids, but we were going to social studies and science. And then by high school, we were mainstreamed in all the regular classes. It's different, of course, than what's happening today. I liked the system that we did because we weren't completely segregated, um, nor were we completely mainstreamed. And that was a really good thing um, for me and for, for people, uh, friends of mine. And going through school, you know, everybody always says, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
And, you know, I, from six years old, I always wanted to be a teacher. I think, you know, I, I must have been a teacher in past lives. I think I knew languages in past lives, whatever. I don't know. But I always wanted to be a teacher. And I always said, I want to teach. And, of course, I also wanted to be a rock star. So those were the things that I wanted to do. And then in high school, I also wanted to be an interpreter for the United Nations. That, that was very appealing to me. I love languages. And I, uh, my mom was from Germany, so I learned German at a very young age. And I studied French and Spanish uh, in school. And I just am gravitated to language. So when I went through, uh, through college and did my student teaching in, in uh, French and Spanish, I thought I would be um, working uh, as a high school teacher. Things changed, but but another door opened, and I had an interview to be an ESL teacher. And I, I thought, well, this sounds really good. And this is in the 70s, and jobs were really tough. And I was able to get a job teaching um, his, uh, people from Hispanic countries um, English. And it was, uh, it was so exciting. It was really cool. And it, it just worked for me. And as, as I progressed, and uh, started a master's. It took me like nine years to get a master's because I, I got married. I had my kids. I took care of them. And I just let my whole master's go. But before that happened, before my daughter was born, I had the chance to work at um, the Blind Association in Buffalo. Uh, and I taught keyboarding and Braille. I, well, that was typing at that time. So I, I helped out. I was a, a, like an assistant. And I, I enjoyed that part-time work. And I had done some other teaching uh, for people from uh, Vietnam and Cambodia. So I'd done different kinds of jobs that lasted for different uh, amounts of time. And so I learned a lot. But it was interesting to me is that later on, after my, my kids were um, in school and I was starting to look for work again, and I would apply to so many different places and get rejected. And everyone with people of these, of the public schools would say, why don't you get a job teaching at a, a institution for the blind wanted to go into braille or keyboarding but i thought you know i want to teach languages this is what i really want to do so it's so interesting how god works if you want to say god or universe or whatever you know with it whatever you know is working with you with with us uh that that is guiding us because down the road what happens is i get um a job when my, my kids are in school now they're in you know elementary school and I had gone through the gambit of, of, of suing the school system because they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't hire me. And I, did, I didn't get money for them, from them, but I did get the, the ability to, uh, to uh, teach in their school for a few months until I got a, a full-time job. So I, I got a full-time job teaching at Lavelle School for the Blind. And don't you know, they need an ESL teacher. And it's for blind kids. And so don't I teach ESL, but also don't I teach Braille and keyboarding, you know? So it just is amazing how all these things work. And then I worked at the Jewish Guild for the Blind, which um, for many years, for about 24 years. And there was the same thing with adults, but it was all ESL and blind adults. So we do Braille, we do keyboarding, we do computers. And so all of these things just tie together. And it's so amazing that you know, even though I wanted to branch out and, and not kind of pigeonhole myself that I'm going to teach blind people, it worked out that I'm teaching blind people, but I'm teaching all kinds of, of subjects. So I, I love teaching it. To me, it's just one of the best things I am, did and I'm able to still do. I'm so grateful for the remote work that I'm and the part-time work that I'm able to do. 
um, I'm able, I'm so happy also that, you know, we, we get ideas in our heads and we, we, we see them and we want them to grow and we, we nurture them and we find other people to help us um, along the way. And, you know, people have helped us along the way. I bet if all of us look at our lives, we can just go on and on about teachers and mentors and, you know, students who have given us ideas. And I, I look at the whole Braille, again, I'm going back to my Braille, our Braille, and how we want, you know, the BRL is so fascinating to see how it began, the Braille Revival League. And I wanted to uh, start a chapter in New York, and it took quite a quite a long time, but we're getting it started, and we're getting our, you know, feet off the ground and 501c3 and all these different things. So it's just so exciting to see. I, I look back also at, at uh, guide dog users, and a, a long time ago, guide dog users uh, it began in New York State as well, and I saw it grow from uh, very small to now a whole national organization. And that's one of the other best things I've ever done is is to uh, get a guide dog. And people had said to me at the time, "Oh, you're not, you know, it's not going to be good for you. You're not going to make it." And all these things we have to uh, come up and realize. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm so grateful to have have my dog, my current dog, and had to work with different schools and learn from so many people and see how we at ACB have worked so hard with our guide dogs to make things better for all of us. Um, and I'm going to look now at, at being a mom. And I mean, I remember I, I'm thinking the other day, it was maybe about a month ago on the book launch with uh, Diana Noriega's book. And she and Deborah Kendrick were, were chatting a bit about when they were young moms and I didn't know them then but I was right there in my mind with them because I remember these same kinds of feelings that they were talking about and I remember before I had my children um, people also said oh uh, you know very negatively about uh, about how difficult it would be to be a, a parent and be blind and how much um, my my former husband uh, Doug and I received from other blind parents especially and how we learned from them before we had our children and then after we had our kids, how we helped other people. And, you know, even though everybody's grown up now and my grandkids are really big, you know, we're still, we're still, I'm still out there and, and talking to other parents. And it's so, so wonderful to get a call, you know, now and then from, from somebody who's saying that they you know, have had questions. And so, wow, to me, these are gifts that we have the ability to share, you know, with, with, with other people. Um, Travel is an, another thing. I've been able to travel to different countries, and I, um, I really want to look at the blind, uh, World Blind Union and the ACB International Organization uh, because they're very, very. I really want to see what what's there so that I can learn much more. I have worked with the Mobility International USA through friends and um, did went to Japan in 2003 and to Bahrain in 2000. Uh, uh, nine and um, as an advocate, and it was just wonderful to do the, that kind of work. And to me, I'm just very grateful to have have done these these kinds of things. You never know what kinds of opportunities are going to open up. Um, and and now, I, as a retiree, you know, even part time teaching, my significant other Rich Lane and I just love gardening together. We have a whole a whole porch full of containers with with tomatoes and herbs then you know it's like we can go out there and grab what we're cooking for it and just grab stuff to cook with and 
you know, I know that Choice to be people have learned to garden and we learned, um, you know, we, we just, it's another way, it's another avenue of sharing. So I'm, yeah, I'm just very, very grateful for, for so many things every day because there's, you know, there is not time to be bored. That's for sure. Um, I'm just grateful to ACB family from so many times in my life from way back in the 70s until now. I think of MJ Schmidt, whom I knew very well, who was a, one of our original founders. And look at her and look at the ideas she had with the others to have courage to to begin ACB. Um, so, you know, I, we, I'm just very grateful and and uh, and thank you. Excellent. Lots of virtual applause from, from here and everywhere else, I'm sure. Ah, gosh, thank you so much. You are up. Well, thank you so much. And um, I just have a couple of comments. I have gotten to know both of these women, Audrey, a little bit through Braille Revival League and also through the grade, grade three Braille class that Kristen Steele started. And Belinda. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, um, I texted her a little bit ago and said, why didn't you warn me that I needed a box of Kleenex? <laughs> um, I remember when when Belinda first started coming to community calls and she would, you know, kind of sit back and she was shy and, you know, she was real quiet when she would say something and, and I would, you know, try to encourage her and welcome her and, and as everyone did. And it was just, I'm so proud of her. And I, and I know I've said this to her and other people before that, that uh, uh, to, to watch her, to watch her, I guess, grow and blossom through the community, um, beginning to speak out more and get to know people and then finally hosting and facilitating calls and then eventually uh, being Cindy Hollis's intern. And uh, now as I go to her and Cheryl Cummings' uh, calls, Ask an AT Expert, it just amazes me that Belinda is, uh, like, if she doesn't know something about assistive technology that somebody asks her, she is a whiz at finding out. I mean, she is amazing <laughs> with Google. I, <laughs> I wish I had her skills with Google. Google. So it's, uh, it's been an honor to to meet both of these women and to become a good friend of Belinda's. So thank you very much. Judy is next. Hey, thanks. Um, thank you ladies for sharing your stories. That was just great. I'm going to echo what Lucy said about Belinda and being able to watch her grow in the community. It's just been amazing. Um, so she knows that we both share a passion for teaching assistive technology. And one of the things that comes along with that on a regular basis is teaching people who are dealing with um, new vision loss, um, because that can really be crushing if you don't know what's available to you. So, Belinda, I'm just wondering, like, the, what is the message that you find that you can send to um, people that you teach that have no idea what technology can do for them as far as, like, technology, but also, like, your journey in your life, how how their lives will will change because of technology um, when they would have absolutely no idea what it can do for them, that they think their lives are basically over the way the way that they used to live it. So I'm just wondering what, you know, how what message you send to them? 
Oh, thanks, Judy. So I would say the first thing that comes to mind anytime I'm asked this question is to take one step at a time, one small thing at a time, and celebrate the small victories that you mm-hmm. learn with your technology. Uh, just celebrate, even if it's the most minute thing you think, oh, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You're learning it. So celebrate those milestones. That, that's what I say. We have Lynn. First of all, I want to say hello to my friend Audrey Shading. We met in 1971 in the Syracuse program yes. for college students. <laughs> she, she, was, she was actually our Audrey Bardotes. And, um, um, and I just, you know, Audrey, you've, you've come so far. And, of course, I've lived in you know, a lot of states since then, but um, since living in New York. But, um, and Belinda, you really moved me with your story. I really appreciated you being vulnerable and really sharing your story. And, you know, I think I love your expression. You know, the loss is not lost. I really love that. I think it's great because I've had plenty of losses myself. And um, I think we a lot of us have on this call, and Audrey included. So I think that I just want to say how um, great it is to hear your stories from different points of view and perspectives and Braille and dog guides and, and all the things that you talk about in assistive technology. I used to teach it myself for about four years in Alaska, so I, I get it. And, you know, I, I just think that to hear how people can turn their lives around or who can make themselves again or create themselves again, like, you know, I had to kind of do after my husband died uh, in 2016, June 28th coming up, um, is, is just what we have to do. We have to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off, and keep on going. That's what I have to say. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lynn. Next is Melissa Hudson. I'm Melissa Hudson in Burien, Washington. And Audrey, this is my first time meeting you, so it's very nice to meet you. And of course, Belinda and I are really good friends. But I've just got to say, you know, Belinda, you're just such an amazing inspiration to me. I can remember the first time I actually hosted a call on my own, okay, without somebody shadowing me. Um, you opened up the room for me, and I told you, I'm like, you know, I'm super nervous. I don't think I can get through this. I'm scared to death. I don't know what's going to happen. It was a guitar class call that Carrie Smith was doing at the time. And she's like, oh, don't worry. You, you've got this down. Um, if you have questions, you have my number. You can text me or call me. And we prayed together before our call. And th- that helped a lot. That helped me out a lot. It gave me the confidence to do it. And that call was very successful. And I am now, um, I'm now a host, um, a full-time host. <laughs> um, and uh, so I just want to thank Belinda for her, cur- her encouragement, her inspiration, and just the wonderful ability to tell your story so beautifully. I know that it's not, a, it's not an easy thing to share a testimony about the loss of someone or your, your downfalls or whatever you want to call them. Um, But sometimes it's the best thing that we can do um, is to share our story because it will help others along the way. And I'm just so touched. I'm so touched right now. And, um, and I also just want to say that, you know, when, when, when we started doing karaoke on, on zoom uh, through the community, 
I never believed they used to say, you know, I'm not that good of a singer, so don't pay attention to me, you know, whatever. But she has become quite the singer at karaoke, and she just has such a good time with it. I mean, it's just amazing to watch her grow in that fashion as well as other things. But <laughs> but I just want to say God bless the both of you. Um, God bless the ACB Women Committee. And I would love next year, um, Madam Chairperson, if you'll allow me to, I would love to join this committee next year. That would be an absolute honor to do that. So thank you. God bless you. I love you all and enjoy the rest of the convention. Danette, you're next. Ah, yes. So um, both of you ladies did an amazing, amazing job. I appreciate both of you. Um, uh, my question for the both of you would be, how did you find out about ACB, how did you get involved and what keeps you coming back to ACB? It's Audrey. I initially was a member of the NFB uh, when I was in college and um, even uh, beyond that uh, for a bit. And after going to some uh, uh, meetings uh, and, and, uh, you know, state meetings and, and national stuff, I realized that this was not the place for me at all. And, uh, I looked into ACB and we had uh, things happening in Buffalo where I lived at a convention in 1979. And um, I, I went there and I just, this, this was it for me. And um, awesome. over the years, I've just very, you know, mm-hmm. learned all of what ACB could do mm-hmm. uh, and being a member of it would be and um, how it has keeps growing. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Belinda. I will say that I actually listened to ACB radio uh, quite a lot back in the uh, early, let's see, mid mid 2000s. And from 2010 on, I started listening more. And um, then, of course, during when COVID hit, I um, got an email one day about the community calls, which I wasn't sure what they were, what, you know, um, and I thought I would, I started checking them out, went to two or three. And that was the time I just started my assistive technology program. So I didn't get to attend very many in the beginning. Um, But then convention came around that summer and I uh, decided to um, listen on ACB radio and that is what, you know, didn't move me to join later on uh, and just get involved with the community. So that's how I got involved. You know, I first met Belinda when we did our first um, Friendsgiving. Oh, she was my hosting assistant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Now we have Christy. Hello. Um, I'm Christy Crespin from Highland, California, and I I would love to meet both of you. Audrey, I never heard your name before today, which is sad to say. Um, I really appreciate both of your stories. Uh, you're both so different, yet you're both so alike. It's the indomitable strength and spirit that comes from being a woman who is blind and also having a faith 
And I really appreciate you both. I appreciate ACB Women. And I say right on to Sister Power. Thank you. Kathy, you may unmute. Uh, Belinda, that was great. Um, You've had a lot of courage. You've needed a lot of courage. And I'm just so glad you were willing to share your story with us. For those who don't know, Audrey Shading used to live two blocks from me here in Buffalo, New York. And at that 79 convention, she had a German shepherd named Nita. And the photographer wanted the dog to get on the table. And I said, absolutely <laughs> not. He, he figured that the tablecloth was white and it would be a good contrast. I thought, you want a picture of a guide dog on top of a table? What kind of message would that send? <laughs> so, Audrey, I'm curious, what guide dog and what school do you have now? Because Don and I both have freedom dogs. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. We'll have to catch up. I'd love to yeah. hear. Um, I have Keith, and he's from the Seeing Eye, and uh, it is uh, four years ago today I was going to get him. So uh, he's six years old. And he's ah, wonderful. You got in before the pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I miss you. <laughs> oh, me too, Kath. I'll talk. We got to call each other. We just got to do it. Sue Ellen, you may unmute. I have really enjoyed hearing you guys. Um, I missed some of your presentation, Belinda, but I, uh, which is a bummer, but that's a whole other story. But um, I really respect um, both of you and what you've done and how you've really just gone out there and followed your followed your bliss, as it were, you know, and I'm just really impressed with that. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Area code 407. Hello, it's Leslie. So good hey, you guys. Hey, hey, guys. Thank you so much. What a wonderful presentation. Belinda, you had me uh, in tears, uh, my friend. So. Um, what an inspiration, both of you. And um, I just wanted to, uh, Audrey, ask you, uh, what, talked about the World Blind Union. Can you um, elaborate a little bit? Or, you know, I've been to one of them, and they're very inspirational. So I hope you get to go to one of them. Thank you. I really want to do that. I've been wanting to. It's, it's been on my, in my, my list for quite some time. So, so uh, thank you, Leslie, for giving me that little push because I, I need to do it. Yeah, it's really it's really inspirational. I remember um <laughs> kind of an interesting I remember being in a in the bathroom in the ladies' bathroom with uh one of the ladies that was running and she gave everybody elephants as a um a gift, you know, for her. She was running as second VP and she gave everybody the elephants in the bathroom and said, Please vote for me. So it's very inspirational, it's very uplifting, so I hope you get to go to one. Oh, but great thank presentation. You. Thank you. Thank you so so much. Thank you. Diane, you may unmute. Nancy and um, Belinda and Audrey. And first of all, Audrey, I began to wonder because, you know, I knew that you came from New York. So I began to wonder if I knew you. And I have now had confirmation that I do know you. Um, It was back in the days when you used to be Bardotes. And my last name used to be Askew. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I knew you from several places, um, including, um, you know, spending a wonderful weekend with a mutual friend and um, the Buffalo Association for the Blind. And, well, you know, 
to several places. In, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and I probably knew you at Syracuse also, both you and, oh my goodness, I forgot. Who, now I've already forgotten who it was, but that's what happens, I think, when you get old. Anyway, I, um, I just wanted to tell you how much I uh, appreciated your stories. And um, Audrey, I knew from back in the days of that summer program that, that you were going to be a, a mover and a shaker. And uh, Belinda, of course, I didn't know you until I joined the community, but you have done wonderful things uh, for the community and um, teaching us all assistive technology. And um, I'm, I'm just glad that I've had the opportunity to know both of you. And um, so I will let someone else talk and I got to go run and host pretty soon. So we'll talk to you all later. Pam, you're up. You may unmute. Okay. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful presentation and small world. I mean, is this, <laughs> uh, Belinda, I remember when you were that very shy, the new kid on the block, so to speak, a couple of years ago. And oh my goodness, look what's happened now. Um, and, and both of you are just, I love your stories and and um, I would echo what so many others have said. Uh, such an inspiration. Um, just, just amazing. Really amazing. And I can't wait until uh, the day comes when we can all be in one place at the same time in person and all oh, those hugs. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but what a wonderful presentation. Thanks. Meryl, you may unmute. Oh, my God. Uh, Belinda, your story is so moving. I had heard it before, but everything you've gone through, look at all the triumphs you've had, despite the downfalls. And that's what we all, um, <clears throat> that's what we all experience is, as leaders and as members, and Audrey, oh my God, Audrey, I met you in 1979 at the state convention in Buffalo also, and I know, <laughs> and I've seen how much, and I love your, you know, how much you've progressed and everything that you've done, and I'm so proud of you with your involvement with Braille, and now you being in the, because you were involved in New York City too, but now you're in the Westchester chapter. I've listened to those meetings after the community calls, and I'm just so impressed, and I, I would love to, as Vice Chair of the International Relations Committee, I seriously would love to have you on the committee. Oh, I'd love to uh, get in touch with you and speak to you. Good afternoon. Thank you, Meryl. Thank you. I'd love that. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Area code 518, ending in 517. You may unmute. This is Mary Beth, and I just want to say thank you so much, Belinda, for sharing your story. It was really, it was really a great blessing for me to get to know you a little bit better through that. And as for you, Audrey, um, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I've been there for a lot. I've been privileged to be there for a lot of, of that story. But it was so, and you're still so older than me, to, Mary Beth. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. Okay, just to turn the knife, Audrey. It's okay. <laughs> I'll get you back. Um, I know. But, you know, to thank you so much and to say to you, you know what? 
Okay, Rodney, I don't think you're going to make it as an interpreter for the for the UN. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, Rodney, I just no. don't think it's going to be happening, okay? But you know what? No. Two out of three is not bad. Maybe you're not a rock star everywhere, but to be up here with, with Belinda and Nancy sharing for all of us, you really are a star. And uh, don't ever forget that. And thank you so much for reminding me to water my garden. Shelly put it in yesterday, and I totally forgot. Thank I'll you. I'll call both. you later, Meredith. I'll call you okay, later. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Bye. Sirku, all the way from Finland. You're up. So greetings from the, across the pond. Uh, I can't believe I'm still awake. <laughs> it's one o'clock almost here at night, but it was so worth listening. And it was great to be inspired and blessed by by both of, both of you ladies. You really are shining stars in in this world and uh showing us what you can do if you if you don't give up if you hold on to what you want to do and i i would like to address a few words to belinda that i know i i don't know audrey you so well but it was great to hear your story it, it was wonderful and belinda uh what comes from the heart touches the heart. It's your your speech was so like it's it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and tell the story honest be to be who you are because it's um it's easier to just put words after word after word and not not stand uh right. As, as you are in front of the audience and speak out loud your story. And that's that's you. You are, that's how you are. You are an inspiration. You're a joy to hear, to hear you speak. You bring joy to, to others. And, of course, you teach the skills of technology to to so many people here and you do so much for the community and i've i've only known you for for uh less than two years because i found this community uh, a year and a half ago and i never believed i would be a member of acb because i have only been a member on of the finnish federation of uh, officially impaired, but here I am, and I'm proud to be a member of ACB, and and um, I feel blessed to be listening to this call now and and sharing with you, my friends, and I hope every step you take from here forward uh, will be blessed. Thank you, thank you for letting me share. Area code 317, ending in 317. You may unmute. Yes, I'm just almost overwhelmed by what Shirka just said and what everyone has said. Audrey and Wanda, you are just amazing. It's amazing we have so many people listening in from outside the United States. It's a tribute to the ACB. To, just to make a comment leading to another comment, 
I do the literacy project and will help anyone with Braille and with books. But there's a historic resolution coming up. I've done this for 11 years. It's on housing, and it refers in one sentence to emergency shelters, which means women's rescue shelters. And the uh, two ladies so brilliantly spoke about transition. We can, and I'm not asking people to do too much here, help women in transition. I found out in my town that shelters did not take women who needed to be rescued. And I have made some inroads. Please find out policies of the rescue shelters in your cities, and then you will know what to do. This resolution, I hope it passes, because there is so much work we can do. I think this this whole gathering, fabulous method of support. I apologize for my emotion. I think you understand the idea. You know, it kind of came very close to me. That's why I became so overcome with emotion in referring to women's shelters. Once needed one and was denied. But this committee uh, and group has power. We know internationally, we, we can do so much good. And to those fine ladies, um, I grew. Denise, you may unmute. Yes, my question is for Belinda. Belinda, I too am a person who lost my best friend and the love of my life two years ago. And this will be the first convention. Um, where he hasn't been by my side in sharing in all of the experiences that we had with ACB. And my question to you is, what once you lost him, and, and part of this too is when you lost your father, what was the biggest thing that motivated you to move forward and to really take a giant step and do even more uh, as you got involved with ACB than you possibly had been doing before. You know, what, what was the motivating factor? The motivating factor for me was friendships uh, because there are time, there were times where I wasn't a friend to myself. I questioned everything and I couldn't be a friend to myself. So people stepped in to be a friend to me. And that's what motivated me. And so now I want to do the same for others. Thank you. We have about five minutes and four hands. So area code 415, ending in 437. Hello, everyone. This is Linda Powell. I um, have the great privilege of being the co-chair of this committee. And, um, you know, this event, we could do three of these every year and never begin to run out of courageous and inspiring women in ACB to share their stories with us. These were just such lovely, lovely contributions today. And thank you for agreeing to join us. Um, thank you, dear Anne, for running it. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid I need to embarrass you for a moment and say that we did add two new members to our committee this year, Sue Staley and Pam Shaw. But, um, Excellent. You know. <laughs> we should put them um, on the website so that everybody will know that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right, 
the website needs to be kept up. But, you know, we often get requests for um, people who'd like to join the committee. And, you know, our committee needs to find some way to involve women who don't get to join the committee because most committees of ACD aren't, um, they're not affiliates, they're committees. But we will make it our business this year to find a way to have everyone who wants to do something meaningful with us going forward. So um, thank you, everybody, for coming today. And um, our, our community calls will start back in August. The first one will just be tell us what you'd like us to present throughout the year. And we will make up our list of calls based on your input. So thank you again for coming today. Thank you so much. You do have a lot. Cindy, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, ladies, so very much uh, for sharing. Audrey, appreciate your story and uh, your love of family. Uh, Belinda, I, I knew your story, of course. But I want you to know how proud I am of you. And I want to thank you for giving so much of yourself to the community. And I promise you that um, there's something amazing in store for you. So just keep on your journey. Anyway, I love you. Love you too. Thank you. Sheila, you may unmute. Okay. Thanks, Cindy. <laughs> Audrey, I got to meet you during your Louis Braille birthday celebration, and holy cow, was that an experience for me. Oh, <laughs> so, good. I'm so glad you were thank, here. Thank you for that experience. <laughs> thank you. And Belinda, you here, Sheila. All, Belinda, all I can say is I love you. Love you, Sheila. Hey, okay. Monica. <laughs> I can. Belinda, you had me crying at the title. Audrey, it was so great to meet you. Thank you all. Great. And thank all of you. Thank all of you to, uh, um, for attending. And we thank Belinda and Audrey and Nancy for hosting. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at Sister Power next year. Thank, thank you. you.